0: Welcome to devmode.fm, a podcast dedicated to the tools, techniques, and technologies used in modern web development. I'm Andrew Welch from NY Studio 107.
1: I'm um, Earl Johnston from Hypage Industries.
2: We did not go in the order. Oh, ah, gosh, that's, that's, Earl that's Earl. Oh, <laughs> no, okay. my bad. That's what happens when we'll I show up late. Go ahead, Lauren. <laughs> I'm Lauren Dorman from A Color Bright.
3: And I'm Michael Rog from Top Shelf Craft.
4: And I'm Paulo Elias from IDEO.
3: Yeah. So,
0: Paulo, welcome aboard.
3: Thank you.
4: What
0: we want to talk about today is some weird thing called Jamstack. So I I, I guess if you were out chasing a storm in the Midwest, uh, you know, like hunting down tornadoes and someone was with you and they said, what the heck is uh, this Jamstack thing? Like, what would you what would you tell them in just one or two sentences?
4: Uh, well, it's basically using JavaScript on the front end to communicate with uh, APIs to pull in data and content to display it.
0: So, I mean, I'm I'm already using JavaScript on the front end. How is that different than what I'm doing already? Right? I mean, there must be something that differentiates Jamstack from, you know, just using jQuery and 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 using that on the front end and a, a CMS on the back end, right?
4: Yeah. And, uh, in a way it does. Um, you can use jQuery to pull in external data from external APIs fairly easily and, Mm -hmm. and show it, uh, normally, maybe usually I should say Jamstack sort of implies that you're, um, either building single page apps, um, and rendering the content, the, the JavaScript and front end content, uh, in a, you know, a render step build process, and then it's served, um, to the to the client and then if content changes via the api it's uh, uh lit up brought in by javascript when the when a client visits it visits the site so jam stands for javascript apis
3: and markup
2: yes and, and so, as, as i
3: see it it's not so much like a tech stack of like a specific tech stack in the way that we usually talk about tech stacks but it's more like a philosophical stack, where the object of it is to move most of the work um, of like presenting the application to the client off the server to the client.
4: Yes, yeah, that's one way to do it. But with server rendering, and and we can go into that a little bit later. Uh, the entire sort of application does not have to be completely rendered by the client, at least at first first uh, load
0: yeah i mean i i guess what i'm trying to get at here is that i think most uh people are are used to uh what is referred to as a lamp stack mm-hmm. right which is where you've got uh, linux apache um mysql <laughs> thank Post you girl. Yeah. mysql I'm, I'm seizing up here in, in php right and then there's also <laughs> a lamp stack Um, which is uh, Linux, NGINX, and this is where they screw up, right, with the acronym. So NGINX got all cute by starting their name with NG, and then you can't make an LNMP stack, (laughs) like you can't pronounce it. So so you call it a LAMP stack, which is the same as a LAMP stack, but you're swapping out uh, Apache for NGINX. And I think that's something that a lot of people are familiar with, whether it's Ruby or Python or PHP, there's something on the back end that renders the templates uh and either you know it either renders them raw or there's a templating language like twig or blade or something like that um and then if javascript is used it's just kind of you know sprinkled here and there on the front end to to make things work so how is jamstack fundamentally different from that
4: uh fundamentally um it's uh... See, I kind of think of it as a little stack on top of a sort of a, a lamp stack or lamp stack or however you want to call it. Um, but in uh, theory, with
0: Jamstack stuff, like you may not even have a server somewhere, right?
4: Uh, well, you still need to serve at least static assets. So yeah, but
0: you can just use like a CDN and just dump everything up there. You know?
4: CDN, even like the built-in Node Express server or whatever. Or,
0: or AWS Lambda or, yeah. you know, whatever. Yeah, yeah
4: and now you can get into all the sort of fun um, serverless functions and all that sort of stuff, but there's you, you still have to serve something, and it's usually right. static files and, and that sort of thing. There's right. always so there's always
3: somewhere where the app lives, but I think like an important point is like, comparing Lamp to Jam is sort of a yeah. red herring because like your Jam app doesn't care where it lives, exactly. um, so yeah. it could be living on you know, a server that runs Linux and Nginx and PHP and MySQL, but the fact that it lives there has nothing to do with the philosophy of the app being based on JavaScript right. API. So how do yeah, I know how time, do I know if I'm using a markup. Jam?
0: So how do I know if I'm using a jam stack then? Is there like a little badge that they give out? Is there a yes. certificate or something? <laughs> yes, you actually,
3: you actually you submit your site for certification and you receive back a, a tiny
4: little jar of, of Jam.
0: That would be that actually would be super cute.
4: I would be totally <laughs> into that. Although I would be into some sort of certification for yeah serving jam stacks responsibly. But yeah. you know
0: what I mean. Like at, at what point? Yeah. So maybe I say maybe what if we what like, I'm doing a jam stack? What if we
3: took it like one letter at a time and talked about like the core principles of JavaScript and API and markup and like what it means for them to fit into this philosophy?
0: Well, no, I'll tell you what, Michael. Why don't we ask Paulo? Because Paulo, you used to do stuff mm-hmm. a, a very traditional kind of Lamp Stackish way with uh, Expression Engine and and Craft, right?
4: Uh, yeah, um, and WordPress and whatever was or, before or, or whatever it was.
0: And then you made a, a transition to doing Jamstack stuff. So, at what point uh, did you feel that you had made that transition? Like what what changed in how you did things?
4: Yeah, so uh, it's an interesting sort of there's a long story and a short story, but the short story is. We um, got an hour. Yeah. Well, we can get into it. But, uh, so I was actually contracting with IDEO to sort of keep their expression engine site propped up. Um, mm-hmm. There was uh, there, there was gonna be a story on like good morning America. So I was brought in to sort of help oh, them. Oh dear scale. God. <laughs> yeah. So I was, I was brought in to sort of scale, help them scale their expression engine site. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, exp- scaling an expression engine site, or, you know, even any sort of server-rendered site can sometimes be kind of a hairy process. You've got to throw a lot of hardware at it. You've got to... Um,
0: or, uh, or just for the of duration running. of the show, static cache.
4: <laughs> or static, yeah, static cache and that yeah. sort of thing. Sometimes that can yeah. be easy. Sometimes it's not. You know, the old sort of way of LAMP was working. And I think it, their server was still on PHP 5.6. So it was not a fun sort of process. So during that whole project... Um, they were also, in, IDEO was internally building out their new version of their website. So uh, they were prototyping um, this React app that they were building for, out of their Munich office. And one thing sort of led to another. And at the end of the Expression Engine project, the team in Munich was handing off the, the React app to the internal marketing team the global marketing team at IDEO and they realized, Oh, Hey, we need someone to come in and sort of help maintain this, uh, application. And they, since I was, I had an established relationship with them and they apparently seemed to like working with me. I, um, was asked if I'd throw my hat in the ring for their, uh, their open position as a, a technical lead on their, their global marketing site. Uh, right. And I, got the job and they handed me this react app and uh, at the time there was a few other folks uh, working on the project still so i was able to sort of get onboarded and and get into this whole new way of of building apps and trying to figure out well how's node working on the back end to render this react app and how's react working to serve everything and you know within actually within a couple of weeks i was like wow this is actually a pretty Pretty fun way to uh, to build websites, web applications. It was sort of like a new toy, shiny new toy. Um, we were able to statically render the the site, serve it on Fastly, and you could throw as much traffic at it as you wanted. Um, and you you know we used uh, those. Uh, 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 testing services that throws tons of traffic at the site and it scaled super well. It was, it was amazing. And then comparing that to what I was used to scaling traditional sort of lamp lamp sites. um, I was like, wow, this is, this is pretty cool. And then actually getting in and building the components and um, just working with it turned out to be really fun. And ever since then I've sort of slowly gotten into it more. And now I kind of, you know, I try to like reach for JavaScript and Node and and React for even new little projects I'm I'm coming up with or working with the team internally, and um, it's kind of an interesting switch from like you know before this uh, this job I was I was kind of like I was you were Earl you were saying, I was Earl right? like from the, the last episode you guys were talking about. <laughs> uh, this is probably dating myself, but you know I was you know learning responsible web design for and development from, you know, Dan Cederholm and um, Cameron mall and those guys in the what early mid two thousands, uh, Jeremy Keith, he had him on. Right. Um, yeah. And at that time, JavaScript was evil. It was the devil. It was not, you know, and I don't want to say it wasn't necessary, but it was like, you know, everyone's like just try to build your stuff without JavaScript or minimally use mood tools or jQuery or, prototype or you know
0: and it was also sort of a toy at that point right to some extent
4: right yeah because no one had really thought of it as a language to build robust rich applications
0: because I mean let's be honest it wasn't there yet Mm -hmm. you know no um and I've made any number of mistakes in my life but I can think (laughs) I can think of a few uh very big monumental ones where I thought something was silly and was never going anywhere so Mm -hmm. one of them was um, back in the day when I, I used to do uh, game and iOS development and stuff, I had in my office two guys that were working on uh, this little project that they were using to, to make a game for us. And they were trying to show me uh, this thing. And all I was interested in was the actual game that they were making. I'm like, ah. Uh, this thing that you're building in mono, I mean, it looks really neat, but I I don't think it's going to go anywhere. Well, that ended up being Unity. Mm -hmm. Oh, wow. (laughs) (laughs) Which is absolutely everywhere. And I mean, these guys are supremely successful now. So that was number one. And number two was when I first saw uh, Node.js come out. I'm like, they're they're putting JavaScript on the server? Like, this is ridiculous. Like, this is never going to go anywhere, right? So, I mean, that was obviously another complete monumental, uh, <laughs> mental mistake on my part. And I, I think what it was, was that I just completely misjudged the value of inertia in that when you have that many people that are interested in something, mm-hmm. good things are going to happen. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but enough about my mistakes. Let's, okay. let's circle back to what, uh, Michael was talking about and take the Three letters of the the jam one by one, okay. right? So, in order for something to be considered Jamstack, I mean, I guess the the number one thing is that you are going to use some kind of a uh, front end JavaScript framework, right? You are going to use React or Vue, or you know, maybe you are you are even using Svelte or some uh, more vanilla thing. But that's mm-hmm. that's a part of it, right?
4: It's definitely a part of it. You can do it vanilla JavaScript in j- vanilla JavaScript, but uh, have fun with that. It's, <laughs> right, right. It's it's right. doable, but it's not as fun as being able to dive into one of these um, sort of performant, you know, front end frameworks that allows you to sort of just hit the ground running and and get right. your view layer jamming on the jam stack.
0: And I, I guess <laughs> the 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 second letter is A for APIs. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think the 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 big picture there is that you're calling. An abstracted API of some kind, like so. For instance, whereas you know maybe um, you used to do MySQL queries or something like that in PHP or Ruby or whatever, um, now you're you're calling uh, GraphQL, which is kind of a a layer in between this stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and any number of other things that you might normally do server side, like maybe uh, image processing or image resizing, instead of. Doing that on the server with uh, Imgix or GD or whatever, um, you're going to be using Imgix or Cloudinary or something like that, right? Exactly,
4: yeah.
2: Yeah.
0: Have I butchered it yet?
4: No. no,
2: no you're, you're, <laughs> it's good. You're on, the,
4: you're on the right track. Yeah.
0: Um, and then the markup is essentially that uh, you've got a, you know, for the same reasons why we're using templates, uh, when we're talking about Craft or uh, with Twig templates or Blade with PHP, we don't want to we don't want to be writing stuff uh, without having some kind of a templating language on the front end that makes a lot of this stuff easier. And then we can use components and mm-hmm. we can get all sorts of fun stuff with with React and all that kind of good stuff. Now, for you, Paulo, for you to do a Jamstack project, like the the core of that, it sounds like is that it starts with React, right?
4: Uh, well, for me, I, I like React. I, I tend to use it more because it's what I'm more comfortable with. And I also, mm-hmm. um, I've used Vue in the past. I, I think it's a great little framework. And I'm not trying to start a holy war or a flame war or anything like that. But one thing with Vue is it's more opinionated than React. And React, in a way, is more vanilla JavaScript with life cycles and renders, render props and that sort of thing on top of that. Wow,
0: a, I actually thought the complete
3: opposite. Yeah. Oh, really? That's, that's a really. Yeah. That's the first time I've ever heard anybody call Vue opinionated. Actually, <laughs> and I don't. I don't well, necessarily disagree, but that is not a common opinion. Uh, like in the Vue v React conversation.
0: Yeah, and again, I don't. I don't have enough invested in either one of these to care, right? No, so, no, and I, yeah. So this is this is not a a holy war argument by any 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 uh uh stretch of the imagination um and my i definitely do have more experience in in vue than in react but mm-hmm. it, when i was approaching both and trying to learn both it felt to me more like react was more opinionated from the point of view that if i wanted to do stuff i needed to do it the react way um and i needed to uh, there was a whole lot more to learn uh in terms of getting up to speed with it whereas with vue You could start by just taking, uh, you know, just sticking a piece of it and replace jQuery with it. Or, you know, then if you needed a a store, you could add that on. Then if you need a router, you could add that on. Then if you wanted to go full SPA, you can do that. And it just seemed more uh, and maybe I'm confusing uh, opinionated versus uh, taking the chunks of technology. Mm -hmm. Um, But it seemed like the learning curve was a lot was much steeper with react. In other words, in terms of before you can use it and get up to speed, there's a whole lot of mentality and mindset that you've, you have to get into, but you're saying that, that it's the opposite.
4: I, maybe for me, it was the opposite. Um, I remember when I was getting into view, it was, you know, everything is structured nicely in terms of how you, you write your, your view components and, and, um, and that sort of thing. And with react, it was more like, Mostly vanilla JavaScript with some React parts uh, mixed in. Now, the one misconception is that you can't use React to replace jQuery. Like Vue, you you can still do that, right? Um, and just target either specific st- specific elements on the page and render those sort of as React components with their own state and that sort of thing. Um, but again, this could be just familiarity with uh, how much I've actually used both. Um, right. Because when I was I built a small little client project with and used Vue uh, with Craft and it was a little bit um, more cumbersome for me to get up and running with it than with React. So, yeah.
3: I, I think that they're very similar. Like we can put them in a bucket, which is they manage a virtual DOM mm-hmm. and give you some like composable reactive components that get rendered in this virtual dom
4: based on some like state. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And, and the ideas behind react view and those types of frameworks, um, I think Svelte, but you know, preact, Inferno, those types of things mm-hmm. is sort of the reactive data driven yep. aspects of the framework that I, part of the top, part of the reason my talk at dot all is to sort of enlighten folks that these are the things that we should be learning now and understanding because it's a whole new paradigm from right hunting the dom changing this you know writing 80 lines of jquery to 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 open up some sort of widget on the page where it takes three lines of react or yeah or view totally
0: Um, and and evan you actually tweeted something out uh he's like look you know Vue React Preact all of these things they've got way more in common than they than they have different Exactly.
4: Um, yeah, I mean, and, absolutely. And, and
0: it, yeah and I think to some extent like it, it doesn't really matter. <laughs> what what matters is that you you buy into um this kind of better way of I don't, I don't think it's just a better way of rendering things it's a better way of structuring things yeah. you know. Well,
3: the luxury that we have now and when we when we say the word reactive um that's really just a fancy word for um some component in your app some ui thing is reacting to changes in data Mm -hmm, and it's it's the difference between imperative programming which means i have to tell that component what to do like that was sort of the um the prevailing mindset of jquery was everything was very imperative i select a thing Mm -hmm. and i tell it what to do versus now um with with these modern data binding libraries my code becomes declarative, which means I tell the thing what it is and what data it's based on. And then that thing becomes a self-sufficient uh, unit and it watches the data that it knows it's based on. Right. And if that data changes, I don't have to tell that component to update itself. It just does because it knows what data it's it's watching. And so it's a much like cleaner mental model uh, and, and much less stringy, um paradigm for for writing code because each unit in your your program is so much more self-contained and it's responsible for doing its own thing and you don't have to like keep in your mind juggling the management of all of these things you just define them to be self-sufficient and then you give them their data and they just do what they're they're supposed Mm -hmm. to do um,
0: well, and I think the secret thing, or the the thing that happens, maybe people don't even realize they're doing it, but by working this way, you are forced to define the problem ahead of time, right? Because you are you are basically structure, structuring the data mm-hmm. around which everything is going to work, and you're and therefore you're forced to kind of plan things out. Um, right. Whereas with jQuery or vanilla or whatever, you just like start writing shit. And it just, it just, it just happens and there's no rhyme or reason or or structure to it, but I, I, I'm going to, we, we got Earl here and I'm going to, I'm going to set Earl up, right? Because I want to, and and Paulo, I'm real curious to hear your take on this as well as Lauren and, uh, you know, anyone else who's been working with this stuff. So we're taking the template rendering that we used to do server side, which is a, a beefy server that presumably can render this stuff nice and quickly and then we're delivering it over the wire to people right that's the kind of traditional model Mm -hmm. and now what we're doing is we're saying now you know what the the client is going to render all of this stuff so we're moving all of that hard work and instead of doing it once every single person that visits our site then has to go through this work uh, and their devices you know, especially if they're using a mobile device, they're not uh, extremely powerful um, and they have to be, you know, relatively modern to be able to handle some of this stuff. Aren't we just kind of kicking the, the can down the road? I mean, we're, we're accomplishing the same thing, but we're doing it in a different place. And then then we realize, well, hey, if we do it this way, the performance uh, and the experience, it actually kind of sucks. Um so you know what we're going to do we're actually going to bring all this stuff back to the server where it was originally we're going to render it on the server and then we're going to deliver it statically and aren't, aren't we just doing like like haven't we just recreated everything that we were doing already in in javascript uh Paulo I want your take on that and then Earl I want you to jump in and uh and and talk about it from your perspective
4: yeah I mean I guess you can say we have sort of recreated all of that in javascript um the what i would say though is i don't know from my experience building front ends of websites for example taking craft and twig it's for me it's it's much more how's the best way to put this it's not only more fun but it's it's faster and you can achieve much more interactivity um without having to do all the dom hunting and, and jquery soup uh, I, I tend to th- get things done much quicker because I'm just dealing with um, sort of the reactive way of, of, of React, taking the data in and changing the UI as, as needed. I and mean, the other thing to think about too is while this way of working isn't for every project, um, sort of the way things are going is people are expecting more native like rich applications. Yeah. And, um, I mean, there's definitely ways to do that with Twig and and rendering it that way. It just it's it's a lot. It's almost the same amount of work than you know setting up server side rendering and going through React and then trying to figure out how to jQuery soup it with Twig if that makes sense.
0: Yeah. No. I mean, I agree with you. I think web development is dead and. Everyone really these days are are making web development. (laughs) Yeah, right. Exactly. (laughs) Are are making uh, you know small scale custom apps. But Earl, what's your perspective on all this stuff?
1: Well, okay. So first of all, this is Jamstack is like brand, or this this is all brand new to me. So I'm a little I'm a little out of my my depth here. Um, But most of and most of what I've heard from everyone is that this is all very developer centric, um, and these applications are for users. So Andrew, I, you know, I feel like you hit the nail on the, the head before when you're talking about performance and forcing everything client side is fine if we're all using beefy machines. Um, but for, you know, a lot of people, uh, they're still using older machines or they have netbooks or they're getting hand-me-downs and things like that. That's that's a part of the, the user base. Um, so I don't have any beef with this, the, the concept. Um,
0: oh, I wanted you to have a beef.
1: Well, no, I mean, I really, I really as long as the performance is there. Like, right. because really, again, whatever, what everyone's saying is this is more fun for me. This makes more sense for my, you know, mental well being. And, and I'm happy that that's, that that's the case for, for everyone. But if your site is slow, uh, you know, Looking at you, the new Reddit redesign. Right. Uh, yeah. Your, your site sucks, and I don't care about you. Well, like, I don't care if it makes you happy. This site sucks. You
0: know, so, like, <laughs> Earl, I think um, you made a really good point, and I'm going to try and distill it down. You tell me if I'm wrong. Okay. But it sounds like you you said, all right, you know, this is great that you developers love this, you know, kind of way of working. But where's the benefit to the user? Mm-hmm. Right. Is that right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So,
0: Paulo, where's the benefit to the user? I, we we love that you like working in React, but where is the benefit? to the person that surfs to one of your fancy React, uh, sites. Yeah.
4: So this is where, so when we earlier we were talking about, uh, getting certifications, I made a, 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 sort of joke about, well, I wish we had certifications for serving Jamstack apps responsibly you can still achieve all of that, uh, doing it, building single page apps, um, or sprinkling in JavaScript, you know, viewer or, or react throughout your, your server rendered pages. Um, Especially with the tooling we're coming—that's—that's that's out here now and and, and they're working on—is you know you can still have s- uh, super small downloads. You don't have to download the whole bundle at once. Um, yeah. Accessibility is is a big sort of push, at least in the React ecosystem. I'm not sure where it is in Vue, but you don't have to um, sort of lose out on any accessibility benefits. Um, at the end of the day, if you're server rendering things. You're serving statically rendered HTML and, and and adding some JavaScript on top of it to, to render it after it loads as needed. So there's pros and cons for sure, um, but it's the yeah. the performance hits aren't as scary as I think people realize sure. or think, especially you know these days. Back when we, you know when I started at Ideo, um, I'm working with this uh, uh, a German. His name is Stefan Steit. Uh, he's super smart. He actually, you know, he bent Webpack and built his own server side rendering thing before it was really a thing in React. Like, this guy's a super mm-hmm. smart dude. Oh, wow. And uh, he's in Berlin at Leroni. You guys should, uh, he probably, um, I don't know if you know him or not, if you run those circles. But, anyways, um, he probably, if it wasn't for him, I might not be into this as, as much as I am because he's been able to open my eyes with a ton of this.
0: Um, oh, it's always good to have a, a smart mentor. Yeah. in a field you're trying to get into. Right? Yeah, that's
3: why when you uh, call
4: me smart on Twitter, I'm just like. You know, <laughs> but anyway, so well, like I think I think performance performance like exists in lots of different
3: dimensions. Mm-hmm. So like we're gonna be doing some dynamic programming somewhere, right? Either it's in Twig or it's in something else or it's in JavaScript, and the philosophy of Jam is that any dynamic programming that happens during the request response cycle is in JavaScript
2: mm-hmm. and
3: you can write really crappy non-performant code in Twig mm-hmm. that takes your server forever to render and the client is waiting on you or you can write really crappy code in JavaScript and the, the customer is waiting on you or you can write clean code in either of those places and it Vanilla JavaScript or these modern data binding frameworks, um, they are really fast. and spinning up UI from like source data is not a very intense thing to do. So if we're talking about you're using JavaScript to render some like WebGL particle animation, you know, of your intro to your website, like fine, maybe you're being irresponsible and like someone (laughs) on a weak device, like you should just let them not have to deal with that. But like in terms of where dynamic programming is happening, you're not going to see, I think a a big difference um, in like your customer's perception, whether you're doing that on the server or you're doing it in JavaScript. like I just I don't think that that's uh, that's on the radar. If you are writing good code and you are optimizing things like for perceived performance, it's it's not a it's not going to be an issue. But I think that you get a lot of performance benefits in other areas, like you know, instead of having to do dynamic programming stuff like processing for a thousand customers at a time on your server, like you are serving up static markup that's like pre-built at deploy time. And and so each client just has to do whatever dynamic programming stuff is specific to its instance. Um, and so it scales much better. Um, and, and I, as a customer, am not waiting on your server to figure out 50 other requests that came in before me. Um, you know, I just... All of the processing that I need for my interaction with your app is happening on my device. And uh, and so I think sure. that's where the performance benefit is. I think if we're talking about like how long does it take your server to parse an array through Twig into a list in HTML, or how long does it take JavaScript to parse an array like, of, into HTML, I don't think that the customer... Like that's not on their radar. They're not. All right, all
0: right. But here, here's guy. the thing, Michael. And I'm, I'm going to make a bold statement. Okay. You can pick the language. You can pick any language under the sun. You can pick PHP, Python, Java, JavaScript, Go, anything. And I can make you a site that is terrible. Mm-hmm. Sure.
3: Absolutely. <laughs> like, Absolutely. Like You give me a language. I make sites that are terrible all the time.
0: <laughs> right. So you, you give that's me that's a site and job. I can. <laughs> and I, I can I can make it perform terribly. Right. Sure. But, I, you know, I think the um, the thing that Earl is kind of getting to is, oh, it's wonderful that we love this tooling. But what what benefits do I see on the front end? And, and Earl, I think the way I would answer that is that a lot of the a lot of websites these days are uh, apps. Right. I mean, they're performing as web applications. Mm-hmm. Right. That is really what they're doing. And they're doing a ton of of UI work. Um, and then conceptually we're taking data and we're, if we're doing server side rendering, we're doing the manipulation once and then we're sending the same thing out to all of these clients. Right. Yes. Yeah. But when we're working on app light things that are very different for every person that is interacting with them, Um, then it starts to get untenable because every single thing that you're serving to each separate person is going to be different on a server-rendered basis. Um, And that's the point where it makes sense to have each individual client, as Michael was saying, um, do the kind of dynamic stuff that is needed. So the benefit, I think, to users, Earl, is that you can actually develop something that is interactive and is app-ish um, and will perform well without, as As Adam said on our podcast last week, the choice really isn't between uh, a regular website and a dynamic website with React or View. It's really do I make a native app in Swift and then it's only on iOS mm-hmm. um, or do I make something in React or View or whatever? And then everyone who has a web browser, in theory, can access it. However, none of this explains why. Earl's big beef is that Reddit made this huge conversion <laughs> from a, a very lightweight site to something that is just a resource pig by converting it over to a React app. Now, Earl, have you noticed any in- enhanced functionality out of it? Is it more interactive? You know, I mean, have uh, you as a user seen any benefit from it?
1: No, I mean, they're, they're serving way more ads. <laughs> uh, which, I mean, well, that's, that's, there's that's, the problem that was that was very clearly their motivation uh you know oh, well no, i mean the thing is too is that even you know uh looking at it on you know a browser that's running an ad block uh in a, an ad blocker is mar- marginally better but just the way that they have it set up with like like modals and like modal windows and stuff mm-hmm. like like I, I just don't and they did that so that every time someone clicks something a new ad loads and, mm-hmm. and blah blah you yeah, know I'm what bored. i mean so but that's just such a bloated. Shitty way to build a, an aggregate site. You know what I mean. I mean, I'm still sore from like the new Dig version that came out 15 years ago. Oh, that, caused, uh, <laughs> oh, that caused man. that caused everyone to, I don't know if anybody remembers that. but there was, the, there was a huge exodus from Dig like 15 years ago. You know what I mean. So I'm st- I'm still like, you know, Earl, picking, we, picking bones about that. You're gonna have <laughs> but, we're gonna have to do yeah. some
0: therapy with you. It yeah, sounds yeah. like you need to oh, you need, need to, to let oh, go. I need to talk to somebody yeah. for sure. Well, wow.
3: but, but I think the point is like, it's a bloody sh- bloated shitty way to build a website. That has probably very little to do with like the core stack and more to do with a right. bunch of ancillary yeah. stuff that's getting tacked onto it. and and I don't think it's necessarily like I don't think we should minimize the the issue of developer preference because we're always saying you know, use the best tool for the job. Well, what is the job? The job is to provide a good experience to your customer. And so if that's your goal, then everything else boils down to, what tools let you do that most effectively and so mm-hmm. like asking what benefit does the uh, the customer get from you using JavaScript is like asking what benefit does the customer get from you using PHP mm-hmm. I, I don't know they don't they don't care they're looking <laughs> right. for like the end experience right. and so why why JavaScript like because ads? like the <laughs> no because like I can serve ads no matter what stack is building my app the point is like the jam stack the philosophy is all the dynamic programming in the request response cycle is javascript why because we like javascript if you don't like javascript don't use jam use php if you can build a faster site in php don't use jam use php like it 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 doesn't matter the point the reason that we've chosen javascript for jam is because we prefer javascript and yeah. so we're choosing to do our dynamic programming in javascript because we think that will like well, and the, enable the acronym us. the
1: acronym wouldn't work otherwise. Right. <laughs> right. But all right so well, just so, so i guess i do have a, a quick t- just again for my own edification. Yeah. All right so you you're talking about you know when you're talking about server rendered sites versus uh, this javascript um, you know jam jamstack style stuff. Uh, the the dynamic portions things like you know user specific data you know things like that what's the difference just again cuz i don't i don't understand what's the difference between having a statically cached site like something that's built with like craft or something with escaped segments versus the jamstack so site?
0: the big difference again is like if i have 10,000 people visiting my site at once mm-hmm. the server is generating 10,000 unique pages this one device is doing that mm-hmm. right Whereas with uh, the Jamstack, the server is just sending the data, and then each client is getting their tailored experience. But and we've got this really smart guy, Paulo, <laughs> yeah. on the show. I, I want to ask you. you I mean, there there must that. be <laughs> 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 there, there must be some projects that you have worked on that it would be really difficult to do the kind of interactive UI that you're doing if you were not using something like this, right?
4: Uh, yes. And no, I mean, difficult. Yes. Because of the amount of Dom sniffing you'd have to write to get sort of the front end experience that we're looking for. Uh, right. the other, I mean, the other great thing about the Jamstack is so IDOs, a culture has a culture of prototyping. We sort of come up with ideas. We try to build little MVPs and test them, test them, test them. Um, as fast as possible, iterate until you know you can get to the final product. Mm-hmm. The one thing I, I really like about this stack is that you can use something like uh, Contentful or Graph CMS, um, mm-hmm. and quickly just get some data up into the cloud. Use React on the front end; uh, it can talk to React. You, a mobile app, it can talk to React Native, so you can quickly without worrying about server resources, without worrying about spinning up your own servers, um, just get these little landing pages or microsites or, or iOS apps or internal applications that people are using. You can start, you can hit the ground running a l- much quicker than it is if you know, you're, you're installing craft or some PHP CMS um you don't have to like we are on our team at least we're pretty strained for resources and so not only not only am i am i a tech lead but i'm also the devops guy to make sure everything's running
0: oh man your company's in trouble
4: Uh, (laughs) well this is for the global (laughs) marketing stuff it's they have an it department to do all that other stuff
0: i'm just kidding but
4: (laughs) but you know so i am sort of every time we come up with an idea and we want to build a new site it's like okay are editors actually going to be going in there and editing stuff? You know, if so, okay. How often, how big is it? What's the data, you know, the content model, data needs, that sort of thing. Okay, then we'll spin up a site, but a craft site. And then, you know, who's going to maintain it? Well, I get to maintain it. So mm-hmm. once you're sort of, as much as you can automate it, you, you know, once you have two, three, four, five sites in your pipeline, then it's start, like, okay, so where am I spending my time? Whereas nice. with the Jamstack, you can sort of plug into sort of any API and service that you need to, and if the project is success, then you can build it in, you know, Craft, yeah, or then Ruby, Yeah, out. Out. Then you can sort of flesh it out. So, th- and also, I just wanted to say another thing too. So, before I came to IDEO, I was running my own little development studio, and so I was, I had a whole different perspective on this. Like, why would anyone want right. to <laughs> even <laughs> attempt to do all those weird Node JavaScript stuff? <laughs> um, right. I, this is totally dating me, but in the late nineties, I was working at a startup and they actually used this Netscape server and they were actually using JavaScript on the server for a couple mm-hmm. of their apps. So, yep. um, I, I, you know, I remember using that and I was like, holy, this is just not fun. So before, you know, before coming into the, this project at IDEO and this team and, and my role now, I was like, oh man, this is like a disaster waiting to happen and, and all that sort of fun stuff. So, um, it's it. It's just a it's 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 a much cleaner, faster way to get ideas out there, um, and and you're not sort of working on these long term projects with the client that you know they know what they want, they know what they need. and Now let's go build it with a traditional sort of way of doing things. So the the, yeah. right. the way I have been working is it, it, this stack has uh, completely streamlined the way you've been able to do things and streamlined the resources we need to keep things. Coming
0: along. Yeah. And I, I've done exactly what you're talking about, where um, I have worked on an SPA ish thing and we mocked out the data um, in Contentful. Mm-hmm. And, yep. but uh, there, there are a number of companies that I work with that they, they don't want, they want to host their own uh, API server, right? right? Like they, they want the data to be somewhere, but it let us mock it up real quick and then then we actually ended up using craft to actually serve up the data but that let us just get something up and running but we didn't have to do any kind of setup any of that kind of stuff but i i've run into you know companies that said oh you know contentful is really nice but we want to host this Mm -hmm. thing we don't want to pay a service and have our data sitting out there um but it, it is kind of nice that the jamstack way of doing things it kind of lets you divorce these things and and swap in the components as you need them. Mm -hmm. Um, Right.
3: And we should should be clear that like, like Jam is not like opposed to CMSs, but the, but critically the key detail is you're not using your CMS to do the dynamic programming and like serve up your templates. You're using your CMS more like, you know, to provide APIs Mm -hmm. and, and so your JavaScript doesn't have to care where the the data is coming from, and well, we, like that's our next point is the APIs, but it's like right. it it doesn't matter. So it lets you sort of kick the can um, and and defer the decision about where is this data housed and where is it coming from, long past the point where you can like prototype things. And so if you you want to spin up just like a flat data source json in a file or something coming from contentful or firebase like whatever it doesn't care um and if you want to replace it later with something more robust with an actual author experience like craft okay great because at no point was your cms responsible for the dynamic programming concern that all lives in javascript yeah
0: yeah so here here's a perfect example for you earl Mm -hmm. so and we all have like these old Expression Engine sites or whatever, right? And they're they're a nightmare to maintain, and they they're just in, in general just horrible to work with. Not necessarily just because of Expression Engine, but but because they're old, right? Had that been done in a Jamstack-ish way, let's say uh, Expression Engine was on the back end and the you were using React on the front end, you could just migrate the data from Expression Engine to Craft or whatever you wanted to use and swap them out. And because the front end is not intimately tied with the CMS that you're using, it would just work. Right. You know?
1: Yeah.
0: Um, but uh, Lauren I'm curious to hear your perspective on this. Cause I know you have done kind of more traditional, uh, lamp ish development and are now doing more with, uh, with Jamstack stuff.
2: Yeah. Um, I'm doing a lot of Jamstack stuff currently, like, uh, a lot of times using Contentful, I've tried uh, Dato CMS. I've tried Firebase. I've mm-hmm. used all of these. Um, I've pretty much uh, dipped my 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 feet into um, pretty much almost all of the headless CMS. I would say, like <laughs> I, I've <laughs> tried them all because we did go through like a pretty extensive like auditing period of like trying Sanity. to figure out. I've I've checked this out as well. Um, right. I haven't uh, I haven't programmed with it, but I've definitely read the documentation. Yeah.
0: Um, so, so, what benefits do you see by working this way? Because you must see them. I know you're uh, incredibly smart and talented. So, whenever smart and talented people like you and Paulo, I'm going to keep saying it, um, <laughs> are using something, I have to figure there's a reason. So, what benefits are you seeing?
2: I think the flexibility working with the Jamstack, like the the API bit is, is really um, really nice um, uh, again like like Michael was saying um, being able to prototype something and use mm-hmm. like a, a local uh, JSON file uh, to prototype something and then um, building out uh, you know API endpoints or uh, fetching uh, from an endpoint being able to like integrate that into something you've built um, pretty 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 quickly is is kind of nice
0: so earl is gonna say mm-hmm. this is great this is benefiting you this is making you happy <laughs> but, but what are you what are you doing like how does this benefit um your client and how does this then benefit the uh visitors to your client site
3: but that that Like, those
0: are not not unrelated concerns. I'm not
2: talking to you, Michael. (laughs) For the client, I would say um, uh, there's definitely a a speed uh, thing there. (laughs) You know, you could kind of get going up and going pretty quickly um, with the Jamstack, which I think is why a lot of people are kind of, you know, uh, jumping onto the Jamstack now. And Um, and
0: I think you can do things in, in the Jamstack way that would just be super difficult to do otherwise. You know? Yeah,
2: exactly. Like the interactivity and building web mm-hmm. applications and things like this, like that interactivity, the the hassle that you have to go through uh, with other templating e- engines, like, uh, right. you know, if you were using Twig or something like this, um, it, it's a bit more complex. So um, like having the option to use uh, something like GraphQL and not worry mm-hmm. about you can still program in, in your favorite languages, uh, Python or whatever it is that. Or you know, can use Craft and then use CraftQL. Um, having that flexibility uh, with the Jamstack is is really nice because you can you can integrate uh, using any any server side uh, language that you want, you know. So it's 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 really neat on that end. And uh, for for the users, uh, it's it's not that it causes performance issues because like. Ch- uh, chunk loading and things like this. Um, if you're really um, well, you can totally build bad bad websites that perform right. very poorly. <laughs> in any, in <laughs> but any if, language, if you're conscious and yeah, if, in any language, of course. Yeah, yeah. Um, but if you're if you're conscious and aware and you care about performance, there's definitely um, it can also be very performant and very quick and snappy to see and uh, navigate through the through the web app or the or the website. Yep. Yeah,
0: yeah. I, I just spent a ton of time working on uh, a a Webpack config for uh, plugins. Oh, Nice. And um, the reason is I wanted to I wanted to use Vue and I wanted to use all this modern. I wanted to use Tailwind, Purge CSS, all this kind of fun stuff. Mm-hmm. So I, I managed to get it working, and I'm going to talk about
3: this because I spent far I'm too long. Super excited, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> like to 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 dig into this Webpack config that you did. Right.
0: So I spent far too long working on it, but I did it for a reason. This is something that I can use on the front end as well, but it it lets me do. So it's using Webpack 4, and I can do uh, dynamic code splitting so that um, Webpack just uh, profiles the code and it knows where to split stuff on. And I can do um, async bundle loading so that it doesn't load everything, right? It just loads it when it needs it. You know, maybe you click Hmm. on a button and it doesn't load it until whatever you need, you know, a chart comes up or, or whatever. Um, and then I also have it. So it's building both a, um, uh, a legacy JavaScript bundle uh, and also a modern ES6 plus bundle. Um, and so it will load the right one depending on your browser, depending on whether it supports it or not, because it's ridiculous that, you know, if 80% of the people that are visiting your site are running Chrome or something else more modern, you know why are we serving up this yep. uh, ES uh, twenty fifteen word uh, bundle with polyfills and all that nonsense in there? Yeah, true. I got I got all of that stuff working, and that was fun. And then then the other fun part was getting this working inside of a plugin <laughs> that works inside of a Y two asset bundle that it's published on the front end with like a random hash and whatever. Um, so I mean that's something that I spent a ton of time on just getting it up and running. Um, but you don't have to spend a ton of time. Uh, this was a very specific case. You can use something like Mix, or you can use the, the Vue CLI and React as tooling to do this kind of mm-hmm. stuff, too.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And to, to get at Earl's point, like there, is some, there are some incredibly smart people that are working in the, the JavaScript uh, world, and there's a huge number of them. So the, the pace at which the tooling is progressing is just really impressive. It's
2: really um, rapid.
3: <laughs> I, I think this is actually a great example, though, Andrew, because, like, what you are sort of doing is making your plug-in features, as they are presented in, in within Craft, like, more jam me, Yes. Um, and, and we can geek out, and we will, because, <laughs> like, I am so excited for this Webpack config, um, about, like, how much fun this is from the developer point of view. But like the fact is it's not just like for prototyping like we were talking about earlier. You this is a great example of a very practical way that this benefits your customers because like the more portable your data is, the less monolithic your app is, right. the faster you will iterate on it, the faster you will roll out new features, yep. the the fewer um, surfaces you have that are vulnerable to security issues um, you know I hope you're you're you know like and and you're not tied to making to having this monolithic model of right. the dynamic processing is necessarily happening in the same place that the data lives
2: yeah.
3: the data could live lots of different places and it could be moving around and your app could be, consuming data from, you know, lots of different data sources and could
0: be an iPhone app. Huh?
3: And so like, right. And so, you know, maybe next is, is the, the native version of whatever it is that you're building. And so, um, you know, you're iterating on that faster. Like this stuff does benefit you, good developer experience and good developer tooling does actually yeah. benefit your customers. Those are not competing, uh, interests. Um, You're right,
0: because something that you said is very, very accurate. So I I did all this work, but one of the reasons, and I also have it um, loading single file uh, view components, right? Mm -hmm. And one of the things that it lets me do, Earl, is I can build stuff now, uh, whether in the admin CP or on the front end, where I can just take components off the shelf and I can just plug them in. And it does let me create nicer user experiences quicker, and it lets me roll out features quicker. And, you know, I I think that that is a, that is a really important thing. I mean, uh, Paulo, have you found that it allows you to deliver, uh, you know, features and revisions and that type of stuff
4: quicker for you? Much quicker. Um, Sometimes the longest part is building out the API endpoint. Mm -hmm. So, uh, so uh, sort of a a, a sidestep, the original IDEO.com that was first delivered was, or not delivered publicly, but internally was using Contentful as a backend, right? Uh, and then the editors were kind of just like, eh, "This is not our most, you know, favorite sort of editing experience." Mm-hmm. And Contentful, for how great it is, it you know, Craft with that damn matrix field, they have some sort of they figured out that sort of secret sauce to really help push those art-directed type pages and, and modularized content and that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. So we, you know, we built out uh, using the Element API at the time on Craft too. Um, I get. I got to build out a whole uh, API that, you know, we switched over the React app to consume. And so imagine taking a, a Drupal site built out, almost completely done, and then say, oh, well, now we want to use Craft. Right. Have fun with that on the front end. Yeah,
0: good end luck. With,
4: <laughs> since, you know, with React and sort of the reactive way, it sort of interfaces with the data and, and the UI changes, to the, how the, the data is coming in and, and how the user interacting with it. It was a matter of sort of changing endpoints, a few massage, you know, some massaging of things. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it was a pretty seamless experience minus taking the, you know, few weeks to build out the API and, right. and that sort of thing. Well, and so, that's, that's um, a
0: huge benefit though, to your clients. And then ultimately mm-hmm. to the customers is that if you, if you have this additional layer of abstraction, you are less kind of chained and tethered right. uh, to whatever you've chosen for the backend, right?
4: Exactly. And even the front end too, because right, right now it's, you know, we're being, we're serving on Heroku, but tomorrow we could say, Hey, let's put this on Netlify mm-hmm. and it can all be automated. Um, and it's, it, it's a much more portable way of building out sort of a website, but with the data on the data side of things, if we want to deliver a react native app tomorrow and Android and in iOS it can be done without a lot of um, without a lot of fuss on the back end so the, the back end sort of stays in one spot and it it can be consumed in multiple places so it's it's really nice and also with what uh, andrew was talking about with his uh, wrestling with with webpack uh, that in that the way you do bundle splitting and asset splitting mm-hmm. and and that sort of thing that actually greatly increases the user experience on the front end right. because if you're only loading assets that are needed for that view that page it is a world of difference in, in you know at least in my last craft sort of server rendered project you know you're sort of loading your main js file and then these plugin files if you're using jquery you have to load that on almost every page yep there's there are ways around it um but it's it, Unless you're careful, you can actually really impact time to first paint, the, the oh, rendering man. of the JavaScript, and
0: yeah, and, the, the, and that sort of. All thing. of the same people that complain about uh, the the bulk and the size of you know frameworks like React or Vue on the front end are the same people that are including, you know, like JavaScript, or, sorry jQuery, and a 800k charting library. <laughs>
4: Or ten of them, or ten of them. ten different. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's yeah. it's and it's nice. And then with, all in separate if you wanna, files. You, yeah, separate exactly. Pop- then doing all can- of that by hand,
0: like the the code splitting that you get yeah. from this some of this tooling, like you can do it by hand, but no one's going to do it because it's ridiculous to try and do on your own.
4: So. Yeah, and I would actually argue if you take Gatsby or ViewPress,
1: yeah,
4: hook it up to CraftQL with Craft mm-hmm. or Contentful Graph CMS you could probably get something up and out the door a little bit quicker than you could if you did everything by hand oh, Twig yeah, and sure. Twig. Oh, sort for of sure. So again, there's also experience too. If, if you're adept in, in, in Twig and that sort of thing, yeah. you can do it. But things are much more flexible when you can sort of deliver that user experience and build things in JavaScript in terms of you know filtering the data, fetching it, having that sort of already uh, rendered and, and all that hard work from the server rendered already. And it's just a matter of just lighting up the page and and downloading it. Yeah. And
0: it's, I know that this is a, a big, uh, future focus for, uh, the pixel and tonic guys is, I mean, they've realized that, um, API servers are the way that things are going. Uh, Mm -hmm. And I know that they're, uh, doing a ton of work to uh, make that happen as well, because, you know, this is a really, Important direction. Like if I were advising someone that was just getting into the business, I would tell them to invest in learning React or Vue or something like that. Like a hundred percent. You know,
4: I would right now. I tell people if you want to get into web development, you know, understand HTML and CSS because those skills are highly needed. Mm -hmm. We need people that really understand it Um, because it's CSS alone. People don't realize that can kill performance on your site. So right now we're dealing, we've been dealing with, you know, we had a prototype that sort of got MVP'd and then it sort of launched. And we have all this legacy SAS that (laughs) it's, you know, we were at one point serving, it almost got up to one and a half megs of CSS. Oh my God. Nice. And that's, and and that, that, you know, that's what my CSS, that's
0: what my friend Simon would say is append only CSS where it's so big and scary. That you don't want to change it, you just want to add to it. So oh, he calls yeah. it append only
3: CSS. Yeah, you just it, yeah, it's, it's, more it's a, and more important selectors. Right.
4: So keep keep. It going. wasn't that bad. If you looked at the actual SAS, it wasn't. You know, we didn't use important. I don't think we use it anywhere.
0: But I'm going to search your code base. <laughs> I don't believe
4: you. Uh, yeah. Go Go ahead and it's, I could be uh, could be lying, but we're slowly transitioning the CSS in, in JavaScript. Right. So. Right now, we have, we're have we chipping away at that bundle size. And then later in the year, hopefully early next year. Hopefully, you
0: do. got critical CSS on there, at least?
4: Uh, well, everything's server rendered. And the CSS and JS does sort of the critical CSS type stuff. But we don't have it specifically for above the cold content. Yeah, you got to get that. These are all things that we're... We, as we improve our tooling, yeah. we're moving towards um, because you know when we hopefully can upgrade to Craft Three later in the year with <laughs> GraphQL or CraftQL, I should say, and that's going to allow us to to upgrade and modernize a ton of our stack. So we have to remember the this was started in twenty early twenty fifteen. Okay. So
0: yeah, so it's been tooling going on between
4: while, okay. it's been going on for a while, and also there was also quite a few different people touching it during the initial yeah, build. Yeah, that will hurt with with varying levels of experience and, you know, mm-hmm. I screw everything up as it is. So, um, wow,
0: 2015, this sounds like one of Lauren's projects.
4: <laughs> <laughs> and that's when it started. And so it's, 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 slowly coming together with, you know, we're adding a, we finally have a, uh, an Andrew storybook to start a front end component style guide type thing. And, and we're switching over to emotion for the CSS and JS. Right. Um, Which is another topic people seem to be afraid about. But uh, there's
0: there's no end of topics that people are (laughs) afraid of. But uh, Michael, you'll you'll get a kick out of this. So one of the things that I was considering uh, adding into that um, Webpack config for the the plugin stuff that I'm doing, I actually like. It actually crossed my mind to add critical CSS in there, and I'm just like, nah, that's stupid. (laughs) Like, how does that matter for the admin CP?
3: I mean it's not it's not stupid it right. is stupid, it, but it's also render- <laughs> it is it's dumb. also diminishing returns no right?
0: it's dumb because it, it doesn't make any sense because there's no it, it's still going to render block for everything else you know what i mean so there, there's right. no point now, it's no it's diminishing stupid. returns just say it just say it <laughs> say andrew that's stupid
3: andrew it's, it's, it's diminishing <laughs> returns no, no it is and it but but the reason uh, it's stupid is because it doesn't help you like maybe right. there might be a situation where it was going to make a difference and then it would not be stupid but in right. as presented by you it's stupid
0: yeah but <laughs> i i am i am adding it in anyway though because i'm abstracting this away enough that i can use the same exact uh config for front end as well as back nice. end you know yeah. i just want i just want to have anything um anything in there. But getting back to what we were talking about before, Paulo, like if I was advising anyone, I would tell them, you know, React or View. And you're you were gonna say what uh, what you would advise someone who's just coming in now?
4: Understand JavaScript yeah. before you get yeah. into yeah. Reactor View. Um yeah. it's there's especially with the way JavaScript script has changed. Like I was used to using God, I don't even know if it was even ES5 and jQuery.
0: It was probably just JavaScript.
4: Yeah, <laughs> it was just like You know, let me stack overflow this little chunk, and maybe I understand what's working. Copy and and paste. The tabs are all wrong, (laughs) and then I'm starting to get into this this React code base, and I was like, "Holy crap! What are these arrow functions?" Right. (laughs) Um, So I that was really fun trying to be onboarded to ES ES6 at the time.
0: As much as I love some of the changes in ES6 and beyond, some of them are dumb. Like, the the for, yeah. the for of loop is just silly. Like, why can't we just have for in and have them have it work the way it does in PHP, where you can do, you know, uh, for key, comma, value in, whatever, you know? Why do well, we then need then this you, that's of there? Because,
3: that's, well, because that's it's JavaScript. What's that? Because it's JavaScript. Like, it's that's the, why. I
0: mean, yeah, but, okay, but you can look at other languages and say, hey, you know, instead of adding a new, a new operator, why not just make this work better?
3: You know? well, yeah, but like implement a map in JavaScript and then you can have your associative arrays, but you can't have them in JavaScript. I'm sorry. Like Brendan said so, and that's
4: the end. <laughs> right. but like, just uh, just use Lodash and you're fine. Right. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. but this is actually a really good, um,
3: like JavaScript, like, okay, we're giving advice to somebody coming into to web development right now. And we're like, mm-hmm. learn... JavaScript, learn right. about Vue or React, instead of what? Well, instead of something else like Twig that's handling dynamic mm-hmm. template rendering sorts of things, yep. um, that is specifically what we're like replacing in someone's like priority list of things to learn as a newbie dev. Yeah. And I think that sort of circles us back to the point of javascript as the the foundation of the jam stack at all um like which is the javascript tooling is just so much better now than it used to be and javascript Mm -hmm. as a language is so much more capable and so much more ubiquitous than it used to be and Mm -hmm. its expressions both on the web and in compiled situations and on servers like are are just so multifaceted now um that it really makes sense as like here is your first tool with which you will accomplish dynamic template rendering. It makes sense for that to be JavaScript right now in a way that it really hasn't in the past. And like, yep. I'm not giving up my precious Twig, which I love, and I'm not giving up. Do you, you know, cuddle with it? P, I do. I cuddle with <laughs> okay. uh, Twig, and I have such. I mean, it's a little kind of. Prickly and and twig like, but um, but we do have some good cuddles, me and Twig. Right, no, no it's let's like, not make it get weird. We're not, we're not. You know, <laughs> I'm not giving up my Twig, but I would certainly tell a junior right. dev coming onto my team, you know what? Before you mess with PHP, before you mess with Twig, like let's just teach you JavaScript and how to render things dynamically in JavaScript, because I think that. That, that, as a, a thing that you learn, like a, a, a tool in your tool belt, um, your returns on that, it, it like, yeah, in terms of what doors that opens for you and stuff that you can build, absolutely, um, is just so much, so much wider. Um, and I think that sort of circles us back to that's a pretty nice answer to why JavaScript as yeah. our dynamic, like, center of dynamic programming. Like, that's why, because. Yeah, it opens you're totally a lot of doors. right.
0: Like the, the fact that you're going to be able to reuse it. So I'm, I'm a huge fan of um, learning things that are portable and that are kind mm-hmm. of standards. Right? And that's one of the reasons why I love GraphQL is that investing the time to learn that, um, I'm going to be able to use that on so many different projects. Whereas, you know, uh, learning the element API, I'm only ever going to use that in craft. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, let's talk about Laravel. So Laravel has a language called Blade. That, as far as I know, it's the only thing that uses it, right? So, if I were, uh, you know, talking to someone who's just starting out today, I'd tell them don't don't learn Blade. Like, you know, learn JavaScript and learn React or learn Vue or, or one of the other things, and the, the rest will uh, will kind of come because we all only have so much mental bandwidth, right? And and right. think about, you know, for those of us who are around doing stuff in Expression Engine, think about how useful. Or not useful, uh, knowing the EE templating languages, right? Yeah.
4: Whereas, whereas if you, I still wake up in cold sweats. Yes. <laughs> right. Right.
3: Hey, parse order.
4: You know. Uh, no, no, is, no, no! Don't. Uh, oh,
0: please, you're going to PTSD. PTSD. Uh, is like, like, it, just, was just right, it was a right. It
3: was a rite of passage, man. But
0: like the point is, though, if you if you are learning, you know, Vue or React or or just playing JavaScript or whatever it's just such a broad range of things that you can use that to interact with, you know? Mm-hmm. Whereas if you just learned, you know, XCMS's custom templating mm-hmm. language, it's it's really not, <laughs> it's not going to help you that broadly, you know? Um, yeah. But we've talked right. about what we would advise people who are new to web development, but probably none of those are listening to this podcast, Okay, <laughs> So what do we say to people that are, they're using craft or they're using something else, Um, and they do stuff in twig. Um, what do we say to them in terms of, you know, why would it be worth your while, um, to invest your time in, in one of these frameworks, whether it's react or Vue or, or whatever. I mean, Paula, what would you, you're essentially talking to Earl now Mm -hmm. or yourself a few years ago. What would you tell him?
4: I kind of would tell him the same thing, invest in. Sort of the technologies that are going to be around for the foreseeable future, Mm -hmm. but that are sort of ubiquitous across web, uh, even mobile these days, Mm -hmm. cross-platform. So JavaScript, I know it's it's sort of this, I don't want to say scary beast, but before I was getting into it, it was just like, man, why do we need all this? It doesn't make sense. Right. It's so ubiquitous. You can, it's, you know. Since we don't have flash anymore, we were we're building rich intera- rich applications hey, in hey, JavaScript. Hey, hey, hey now.
0: buddy, we got flash until 2020. Okay.
4: All right. That's good. That's good. <laughs> Side side note, I was almost a certified flash developer. Oh my so god. <laughs> so how's that but knowledge working for you? <laughs> uh well the action script sort of helps with JavaScript. Yeah. But um but yeah, and I would just say, you know, invest in, in JavaScript, but also invest in where you don't need to have sort of this sort of deep low low level knowledge of uh, or high level knowledge of how you know how, how to use React or how to use View, but understand the benefits of what of sort of the reactive programming, um, sort of managing you know, how it's state and 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 data inter- interacts with the UI. That sort of whole paradigm shift that we're we're moving towards because that's going to be. Mm-hmm. Around for a while, the sort of hunt and pecking of 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 the way jQuery you needed to find the the DOM elements on the page, or even with vanilla JavaScript, when you want to target certain things on the page, uh, that it's there. It still has its place for small things, but if you're presenting UIs to a person and you want it to be polished and usable, um, and if you want to, you know, reduce your headaches, I would, you know understand viewer react and or, and or how about this?
0: How about this? How about if we say something inflammatory,
4: Okay, like
0: if you want a job in five years, start learning it now.
4: <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, if you want a job in two years, or yeah, I don't, years, I don't, I don't mean, think that's
3: inflammatory.
4: It's, it's just the way industries change. Industries involve, um, the, I, I just, I, for, for developers that are kind of, sticking to their guns and not at least getting it on their radar. Mm -hmm. Um, It's, I don't want to be sort of alarmist, but it's, it's not going to be as easy to get to, to, to find a new job or, or impress clients with your portfolio. if You're not evolving your sites or your applications. Oh yeah. How, how, how things are are, are moving forward. So
0: I a hundred percent agree. Yeah. I 100 percent agree. That's what I would say. Yeah. I mean, it's something that um, yeah, in 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 five years, you know, you, you're just gonna need these skills, right? I mean, it's just the, the reality. And if you're if you're insistent upon not learning these things, um, I, I think that you're gonna end up being you're gonna be using tools to do stuff, right? You're gonna use like Webflow or or some kind of content builder type thing. Uh, mm-hmm. to put pages together. Um, and then it's going to be a skill set that lots of people can do, you know? And and that means that you're going to be competing with a whole lot of people uh, to put together this stuff. So, I mean, I think it really does make sense to uh, embrace the Jamstack, you know?
4: And the advantage of getting, really getting into it now, or at least getting it on your radar now mm-hmm. is it's, you're still a little ahead of the curve, at least. Right. Outside of San Francisco, New York, Berlin, oh, yeah. you know, it's, you're, you're way ahead of the curve. In, in um, some
0: spheres online, like I go there and I'm like, oh my God, I'm five years behind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Holy crap.
3: Well, and like yeah. jam specifically is just one expression of a JavaScript centric web development philosophy, right. right? Like, um, yeah, maybe you want, Maybe there's reason for your app to be a little bit isomorphic. Um, like maybe you do want to do some dynamic stuff on the server, like because maybe you have reasons to. Um, mm-hmm. So you're not, you know, so so you're not going to be a purist to the jam, right. uh, You know, letters, but but okay. I think as a as a theme, um, allowing yourself to separate the concerns of where data comes from and how it gets rendered into UI, Mm -hmm. like having those things be not monolithically layered on top of each other, I think just opens doors.
0: And this Jamstack thing is a critical part of what allowed a company like Facebook, regardless of what you think of them or, or whatever, that allowed them to become this huge company because without that type of technology, they just wouldn't have been able to build what they built, you know? Sure. Um, And that's the kind of uh, development work that lots and lots of people are going to be sought after to do, you know, to build these interactive experiences that are as widely accessible as possible, that you don't need to go through the hurdle of having them to download and install a native app, that they can just wander over to the site and and do their thing and be able to use it,
3: you know? Well I think I mean there's nothing inherently about like you can have a perfectly functional interactive lovely web app that is not a jam app right sure. but but the I think the bigger point is as long as you are going to be doing so much javascript right like, make it nice decoupled testable like iterable javascript yeah, instead don't be a masochist.
0: of <laughs> instead of building it really
3: monolithically. And if you, Facebook's a great example because like Facebook used to, I mean, they started off, you know, in PHP and server rendering everything. And if you go back and you, um, you read like their dev blog um, from like the first inflection point was when they started um, really moving towards a client rendered uh, app and, and starting to decouple data sources from the front end app. And that was a a big jolt in their productivity towards new features and stuff. Um, and then like more recently, sort of the the second coming of that movement was when they, um, you know, started, they coined like flux and they started investing really heavily, um, into to this data binding world and, and, um, and serving up just like really static pre-built markup, and letting the app like really uh, take care of itself in the client, like that opened up. Like you can see in in their trajectory of rolling out new stuff, and and the way they talk about how they're working in their dev blog, like it made a huge bottom line difference um, to to Facebook as as an entity. And I think that's you know not all of us are working on that scale, I certainly yeah. am not, but like, yeah, but <laughs> you, let, you know, but it, but it, 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 trickles down.
0: Right. Unless you think it's not important. I mean, uh, lots and lots of companies are moving this direction. WordPress with uh, project Gutenberg, that's all mm-hmm. rendered in react Drupal. I believe now their admin CP is react. Um, and a lot of these, and you know, they're not adopting this stuff. Just because they want to be cool, they're adopting this stuff because it makes what they want to do easier to do. Yeah, and, and from I think a business standpoint, because then it's not then it's not boutique. You know, right. whatever I decided to do, it's something that you'll have a wider pool of people that can go from project to project, and it's going to make sense. It's not going to be this custom boutique thing.
3: You know, sure. And and from a business standpoint, for those of us like in the agency world, like the reason that this philosophy made bottom line sense for Facebook also applies to the not Facebook sized client that you have. Like like having a code base and a a working mentality that is that much more iterable and that much more sane and that much more testable and that much more secure and that much more scalable. Like these are benefits that you do not need to be Facebook in order to sell as value to your clients.
0: All right. Now, Earl, Mm -hmm. we got to do our test. (laughs) Has anything that we have said or, or Paulo has said, has it, how has it shaped your opinion of this whole thing?
1: Well, I mean, to be clear, I, I wasn't like, against the jam stack or anything in particular i just had some i had questions and also I'm. Very- you
0: you have a i hate jam stack
3: sticker on your car
0: <laughs> what are you talking about
3: man
1: yeah well that's a that's a custom thing oh, okay uh, right. you know uh, but um I,
3: I have a sticker like that for literally everything all right uh, so. <laughs> <Brock's> <laughs> whatever yeah. go, go ahead uh, no
0: judgment
1: um yes i so a couple of things that that came up that didn't didn't occur to me uh, is the the rapid prototyping makes a lot of sense mm-hmm. that's nice um, and sort of the uh, the benefits of iterating uh faster oh yeah uh, ma- makes sense um and so again a lot of the a lot of the questions I had and a lot of the things that I wanted to bring up are just because i mean I, I'm a developer but I'm honestly more a user of the internet.
0: It's because you know, you're bitter so. about... Dig. You're... Your, <laughs> well, I wasn't even going <laughs> to go dig. that That's far okay. back. Okay. Bitter, bitter so, about about you're, dig. you're bitter about Reddit. Is yeah, that what well, it is? I mean,
1: it's, yeah, it's just, you know, and to go back to some of the, the main point of really all all of this, this 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 whole, uh, you know, dev, dev mode could really, our, our tagline could just be, you know, don't write bad code. Sure. Uh, because, again, like, you know, everyone said at one point, Basically, it doesn't it doesn't matter what you what you use, as long as you're if you're focused on the user and performance. Um, that's the that's the important thing. But as far as the I, I like the idea of segmenting things into being more API centric, uh, right? Uh, decoupling from, you know, Twig or, or Expression Engine, because I still have some legacy clients and Expression Engine and so, stuff mm-hmm. uh, makes me happy. Right. Um, that, you're makes a good man. Me, that makes me feel good. Um, the parse order stuff, that's still something I deal with.
0: Um, I'm sorry, Hero. Uh, no, no,
1: no. That's okay. That's okay. You know, I no just,
3: wonder I, you carry around I, such I, anger. I, I do. Yeah, <laughs> I'm
1: just. I'm just a sort of mad. But
3: lest lest we dig on EE too much. Like I have a Jam app that runs on EE. Sure. and Yeah. Exactly. Is EE As a perfectly lovely content management system, right. And it does not rely at all on EE's templating language.
0: Right, and that yeah. and that's the benefit of the Jam stuff, right? Because then whatever the back end is, you, you just don't really care.
1: Right.
4: Yeah. Right. So and you know we sh- we have to keep these sort of things in mind as we're building with this new tooling right. and and with all this amazing stuff that we have available to us today it's easy to sort of get ahead of ourselves and say yeah, let's just let's just load let's just send this 3 meg JavaScript bundle down to the to the user then you know they're they're all using iPhone 10s <laughs> or whatever the <laughs> latest Android devices and yeah. they can they can render it fine, but, you know, you still have to keep that skepticism and keep sort of uh, that in mind as you're building this stuff out. Because just, you know, as we've been hitting on this whole time is you can write bad code mm-hmm. regardless of the platform or the language. So it's good to have a skepticism.
0: And what, what I do with clients is I, I go in and I, I fire up Chrome on their actual machine and I, I switch it over to. Uh, 6X slowdown in CPU and a bad 3G. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and I tell mm-hmm. them, all right, load your site, you know? <laughs> and, and that's how you show them how it's important because that's how people in the real world are actually using their, their stuff. Um, and I know Earl said that, Polo, he said that your happiness doesn't matter because Earl is, <laughs> I mean, he's a crotchety old man. But are you uh, happier doing this kind of development, like doing the Jamstack stuff? Like, does it make you... Uh, does it make you happier as a developer that you can tap into this kind of array of tooling?
4: Uh, for me personally, I am much happier. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know if it's, that's going to happen to everybody, but, uh, it's, it's it's, on the record. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I mean, I just, (laughs) for me, (laughs) just digging into like the whole front end toolkit with, you know, building react components Mm -hmm. and componentizing everything, making everything modular really, you know, getting to understand JavaScript for the first time. Right. <laughs> Even though I've been using it for 20 years. Yeah. Um, but just sort of just understanding how to use it. It's just it's I, I, you know, it's it's so fun to sort of like. Just take the Legos out and throw them on the floor and yeah. get to play with them all. Day. Yeah, it's it's really fun. And yeah, that's awesome. it might have been a timing thing for me because, you know, I was using, uh, you know, the twig and EE and and whatever. WordPress. it didn't even have a templating language, but, um,
0: it has (laughs) brackets.
4: Yeah. The old PHP way of doing things. But anyway, it it was sort of like a timing thing for me where Mm -hmm. I was sort of getting, I don't want to say burned out, but it was like, Oh man, not this again. And then this sort of like was a refreshing way of, of doing things. And now it's in my tool belt. So now when a new project comes up, I get to say, all right, is this going to be useful for this? Or should we go back the old way of doing things? Mm -hmm. Because, you know, honestly there are, there are little, Brochureware marketing sites where uh, regular twig rendered pH PHP rendered sort of way of doing things is totally fine. Mm-hmm. No one's going to laugh at you. No one's <laughs> going to make you feel bad for doing it. Um, and, and that's sort of, that's also sort of another perspective I think people need to understand too, is you don't have to use the latest, greatest thing Agreed. and feel bad about using what you've been always using, having the ability to understand what's coming up and, and having it on your radar and if you have side projects or your own personal projects, you want to use the new stuff on, but wait, wait, that's you, totally you awesome.
0: told me I wouldn't have a job in two
4: years. <laughs> well, I, I would get it on your radar okay. and start using it. Okay. Uh, maybe not two years, but, uh, well, unless you want to afford rent in San Francisco, but, um, <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, it, it, it's a great way, great fun way of of sort of rediscovering your sort of passion for building out this stuff.
0: And I, you know, even though Earl doesn't care about your happiness, <laughs> uh, I do think it's important because if you are enjoying the work that you're doing, I think you'll do a better job, you mm-hmm. know, because you, you don't dread, oh, you know, I got to work in uh, this thing today. Right. You come in and you're excited, you are like, what am I going to slap together today? You know? Right. Um, and I, I do think that that will cause you to, obviously you'll just be in a better mental space, but I think it causes you to, to do better work too. how about you, Lauren? I mean, have you found that since you have moved over, uh, to doing kind of more Jamstack stuff, are you enjoying the, the development experience more?
2: Yes, I, I, I do enjoy it a lot more actually. Um, At least personally, I feel like, uh, yeah, getting off the ground is is really, like, quickly is really nice. Um, So it it makes me happy for sure.
0: (laughs) And I've, you know, I've got two young sons, and occasionally one of them asks me, you know, hey, dad, can you show me how to, you know, make a game or do this, that, the other thing? And I think about all of the garbage that I would have to set up (laughs) before they'd be able to do anything. And then I'm just like, oh, you know what? we could just spin something up in, in view and they could actually do something and, and see the reactivity and the interactivity and, and get something going right away, you know? Yeah. And, uh, I realized that, you know, teaching your kids programming may not be the, uh, the goal you're looking for, but the same thing applies, right? If it's easy to get that up and running quickly, it's easy to get any of your projects up and running quickly.
4: You
2: yeah, know? exactly.
0: Um, and we all have to make the decision in terms of, you know, what new, technology? Am I going to invest my time in? I, I only have, you know, so much time in the day. Um, mm-hmm. I think it's a very safe bet that uh, either view or react would be a very safe choice going forward. Um, but I also think that at some point in your career, as you've worked with any number of languages, you're just like, you know, okay, it takes you a little while to learn the new language, but it's just another language, mm-hmm. you know? And uh, if you understand the methodologies behind this uh, kind of modern reactivity way of doing things, when you switch from one to the other, you know, as long as you kind of understand the fundamentals of how it works, you can get up to speed on it. You know, yeah. at some point, I, all of these things are just like specific dialects. You I know? think
3: one mm-hmm. one layer derivative of like your investment in JavaScript, which like it is I think it's safe to say that should be everyone's next big investment as a developer is just get Mm -hmm. really good at JavaScript. Um, But, but one layer derivative of that, you know, thinking about jam as a philosophy, as a mentality, um, the more decoupled, whatever that new toy is Mm. from the, from the rest of your app, the, the safer it is, Mm -hmm. the faster it is, the more freedom you have to go Try out some new tech and see if it fits as a tool or as a framework or as a whatever in some project or in your workflow. And you can do that very safely um, because it is nicely decoupled from from the rest of everything else in in your workflow. And that's, like, Jam implements this philosophy with JavaScript, but the... like The theme, I think, is more important, which is that we're moving to this Agreed. this place of safety and freedom where we can go invest in new tools and play with new toys and have that actually cost us less and risk us less.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, let's say that in the future, uh, what we're doing is we're writing stuff in Rust, right? And we're using WebAssembly to, to build our stuff. Well, if we've already uh, defined off the APIs that this stuff goes through, it's going to be a lot less painful. And a lot less uh, coupled uh, than what a lot of people are doing with uh, you know just a CMS where it encompasses everything, right?
3: Yeah, right. and and I think like Jam sets us up um, not just like as a whole to to be decoupled. Like your Jam app is nicely decoupled from things around it, but it also sort of sets us up to decouple the JavaScript from the APIs from the mm-hmm. markup. And if we you know want to use a J A something else stack like okay or right. if we want to use a you know Pam stack right. okay because like that's the direction no that no we're rust going. get
0: rust in there you can call it a ram, ram stack ram stack that's cool that sounds, cool. <laughs> that, that sounds... I'm gonna ram my stack down your throat <laughs> okay. <laughs>
3: oh christ
4: and cue the lawsuit from dodge Uh, we might need to edit that one out for uh my employer (laughs) we might might need to edit that out for my sanity
0: don't worry i'm the one that said it no one else is gonna no one one else is gonna that's
3: that's actually our, our mantra for this show it's not write good code it's it it's andrew's fault andrew said that (laughs) i didn't i didn't say that
0: that's fine all
3: right so i mean this has been a
0: fantastic discussion and i i really have enjoyed having you on paulo are there any uh kind of parting words you want to get in here before we actually let you get back to jamming
4: um well i just want people uh just enjoy their work and, and make it fun for themselves and if you're really into this stuff it's just a really refreshing way of of approaching stuff. I mean, just spinning up a little node server locally and and using Mongo to just get some data in there and pull it out and using Graph. And it's just, there's a lot of little fun things you can do with it. Um, And it's fun to play with. So
0: I I feel like, you know, maybe this sounds scary to people because there are all these terms that they've never heard of. But I mean, the one thing I'd say is that it's really not that bad, you know, start playing around with it. And uh, I I think that uh, you'll enjoy it. Um, and maybe one of these days, uh, Earl, have we convinced you to, to give this stuff a shot?
1: Oh yeah, for sure. It's definitely, yeah, it's definitely something I'm going to tinker around with as soon as I can conjure some free time.
4: Yeah. But the free time part is also, I mean, I'm very privileged to be able to have a job where I sort of get paid to do this. Mm-hmm. So I, I understand that it's not easy for everyone to sort of say, honey, and the kids, I'm going to go spend two hours after work, Yep. you know, jamming on this stuff, but, um, Ba-dum-psh. Yeah, <laughs> But if you can, uh, I'm glad we're not playing a drinking, drinking game with you. We, we should have started. Um, yeah. Yeah. So here, uh,
0: I mean, here's the thing that I think is, a, I've mentioned it before, but a little trick is like, you know, if you're a freelancer or agency or whatever, um, use your own agency site or your own freelancer site as a place mm-hmm. where you play with this stuff and use it mm-hmm. as your playground to experiment around and, and nail it down to where you feel comfortable that you can use this for client sites. And you'll, right. you'll be enhancing your, cause mo- let's be honest, like most freelancer or agency sites, like they put it up there and then they don't update it for years because, mm-hmm. you know, they're too busy doing other work. Um, but spend a little time on improving that. And not only will you get a better site, but you've got a laboratory where you can mess around with this stuff. Uh, and yeah, I would, exactly. yeah. And I would encourage everyone, mm-hmm. uh, to do that. Cause I, I do think I agree with, uh, Paulo and everyone else here that it's uh, an important future. Uh, direction right. uh, but and that and about worth wraps mentioning, it up for another episode of the devmode.fm podcast go ahead michael
3: <laughs> go there ahead. is a jamstack there is a jamstack website i for, I think it's jamstack.org and it has it is, very clear concise explanations of things and links to a ton of really good resources so don't be afraid of, of jam go, yep. go check it out
0: and we will we will definitely put that in our show notes But that wraps it up for another episode of the devmode.fm podcast. To have every episode delivered to your favorite podcast player, subscribe to our RSS feed. Or subscribe via iTunes and Google Play. And if you like what we're doing, leave us a review. Uh, And you can follow us on Twitter at devmodefm. We'd love to hear your thoughts on this episode. Just visit the devmode.fm website and leave us a comment. For the devmode.fm podcast, I'm Andrew Welch.
1: I'm Earl Johnston.
2: I'm Lauren Dorman.
3: I'm Michael Rog. I'm Paul Elias.
1: (laughs) Nailed it!
0: Nailed it! (laughs)
1: Perfect. That is actually your name, guys.
3: You got it.
0: All
4: right. (laughs) Yep. Yeah. Except for the ending, that was my bad. so no. <laughs> no, did, did anybody
3: did anybody else hear the music like speed up and I then guess slow you can down
2: turn the re- recording off now
3: yeah, I'm going
0: to i just i'm doing this marvel thing where I keep some of the after talk at the end
2: oh, okay. <laughs>
4: for for like the
0: one percent of people that actually are gonna ever hear it. <laughs>